Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that despises red tape but even more when it's double-sided my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we close out kaijun by heading back to tokyo as we talk the giant-sized classic 2016's shin godzilla and whether you giggle at googly eyes or not you can listen into our show Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your tail, laser hole. A number of places you could have gone. Right. I'm glad I went to tail laser. That is good. (laughs) That is good. Well, we're also out on social media. Uh, You can find us out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and bureaucracy shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, June 25th, over at Screenland Armor, there is no red tape. You go right Mm -mm. to the indoor goodness and the outdoor goodness. And the virtual goodness. And on that very Friday, on the 25th, our latest Friday Night Fright Genius, it's what's been wonderful, I think, so far with the whole thing, is, of course, programming some of our favorite films. Uh, occasionally, we program stuff to watch for the first time and experience, mm-hmm. but all under the general guise and umbrella of horror. Yes, or occasionally horror adjacent. Mm-hmm. We occasionally will justify. We're stretching our wings with the horror adjacent on this one. We horror adjacent can cover. It's a big umbrella, but we're putting a little bit extra padding on that. We're we're pushing that umbrella just a little bit more. Well, you know what? Anytime you can base a genre around the words erotic thriller. Mm-hmm. Anytime that you could throw a Brian De Palma film because we've shown Carrie. Yes. Straight horror, of course. Straight up horror, I should say. The film we're going to be watching is celebrating its 30th year. Mm-hmm. And uh, horror adjacent or not, I saw it multiple times in the theater because I was a horny little kid. We are watching Paul Verhoeven's Basic Instinct. Yes. And I will be wearing very little and sitting in the front row, crossing and uncrossing my legs. Please don't do that. Please don't do times. that. <laughs> I, it cut, listen, it's been a while since I've watched the film. I understand that in a modern lens, it's we're going to issue another time. Another place. Warning with it. But quite honestly, there's a scene in the movie that from the first time I watched it made me kind of not necessarily afraid of sex, but of just the, the weird stuff that could potentially happen. I'm going to get stabbed with an ice pick. The not, opening scene. Not so much that. It's uh, There's a scene where Michael Douglas maintains eye contact with Sharon Stone while engaging in a certain activity. Oh, yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen that. <laughs> it's Well, let's just say um, uh, Newman shows up. Uh-huh. Uh, Ed Har- Eddie Harris from the Cleveland Indians shows up. It's got all your favorite character actors, plus Paul Verhoeven just doing Paul Verhoeven stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, it should be noted, though, uh, we had a very interesting occurrence at our last Friday Night Fright, mm-hmm. which was attended and co-hosted by the one and only Genius McGee. Oh, it felt good to do it. It was so wonderful to have you back. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a bummer that we weren't in Theater 1, because Theater 2, 3, and 4, I'm fine, you know, lone wolfing it. Right. But Theater 1, when I have to pause it up in the projection, run, <laughs> run <downstairs>. I don't have that, unfortunately. <laughs> but no, man, it's so good to have you back there for Friday Night Frights. And as if we didn't miss a beat, <laughs> number one, thank you to everyone that did come out for that Friday Night's Fright. Absolutely. I hope you had a blast with the, 
with the movie we eventually showed. <laughs> well, and you know what? We had a great crowd, first and foremost, mm-hmm. and pre-show goes through. Uh, we get up, we do our yakety schmackety. had a lot of fun, gave away a nice a prize. little 45 yeah. of uh, a Greatest American Hero, and we proceed to hopefully show The Burning. Ladies and gentlemen, The Burning, and so, then... Universal logo pops up, and I'm like, wait, I don't remember this. And we sat down, and everything is going good. And then a big zoom in from space on the Universal, and I was like, wait a minute. This looks like the burning. And then all of a sudden you hear, hey, this is the burbs. And I'm back in the projection room, and I'm just making sure everything's looking good. And the not the, the nanosecond, but pretty much the second, I was like, this is the burbs. So the second I leave the projection booth, Genius is on his way out to the side. I hear multiple people out loud going, it's the burbs, which tells me we've got the best kind of audiences that right. come out. When, when they, they can notice the burbs like in the first two seconds. It's like name that movie. Exactly. Like That's the burbs. Well, thankfully, we were able to parlay it as rival camp shenanigans. Right. Because it should be noted, I did have the cutoffs uh, you know, rocking it, that evening. It, it was Camp Clopex. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. Don't take the sardines. Right. <laughs> but the shenanigans ensued. We got everything back to normal, and the burning played wonderfully. So again, thanks to everyone that came out that night. But the other you, rep- you all had the patience of Cropsy. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, and it should be noted, of course, <laughs> if you can't come out on Friday, uh, the Friday night fright will be playing throughout the week. But the other repertory screenings going on that weekend is one that I remember watching it back in the day and really enjoying it. But I probably need to watch it again just because I'm older. Another but time, another place. Truly. But I'm a cheerleader. I've seen that. It's really good. It is legit good. I just haven't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. When I watched it, I was in my mid-20s. I was probably watching it for other reasons. Right. Because I was an idiot in my mid-20s. Right. Now that I'm an idiot in my mid-40s, I can watch it appropriately. But the other film that we'll be playing, the repertory screening, Technically, probably should have been Friday Night's Fright, mm-hmm. but I had a little say in. I was going to make sure we were doing a little Michael Douglas bare butt, but Anaconda Mang. That's a big snake. You see this scar? That's a murder. You've got a lot of character actors in Basic Instinct. You got a lot of character actors in Anaconda. Yes, you You've do. got John Voight eating more shit in the scenery than the Anaconda does himself. It's quite great. It's quite great. And then a couple of new releases. Uh, First and foremost, F9. Ooh, yes. I'll be there. I would assume you would. I'm going to watch it. And then a film that we're going to be talking about soon, Werewolves Within. I'm excited for that. I'm very excited for that. Now, of course, those are going on indoors. And then also it should be noted, speaking of celebrations, uh, the Etheria Film Night Sweet. is going on June 26th. That's Saturday, which means uh, our good friend Stacy will be there. Um, and then a multitude of fantastic shorts. Oh yeah, all written, directed by women. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the some of the best stuff we've seen has has come, come from, from Etheria. Yeah, she literally handpicks these, and they're all great. And we're talking all different types of genre. So again, we talk about Screenland celebrating genre. Mm-hmm. Etheria, they put it out there for everyone. So mark your calendars. That is available. And again, I love it. That we get to partner, we Screenland gets to partner with them. It's just nice to be close for that. We I get say. To, we get to talk about it. We get to yeah, we get to enjoy it and experience it. Now that is of course happening indoors. Now Friday on the twenty fourth in the back the back lot, <laughs> appropriately actually in a film. I've seen that, which means you're killing me, Greg. I've never seen Sandlot. Oh, yeah? I've never seen The Sandlot. You're killing me, Smalls. I know. I know. I know I should see it. I know it's got the big dog, baseball. Right. All of that. I may have to maybe go a little early before Basic Instinct to go from pure to filthy. It's like if the Goonies were the Bad News Bears. I'm all for that. No, wait, they're, wait. They're, they're, they're kind of not, they don't go on adventures. And are, are they're, they're, they're little... not racist because have no. you watched the Bad News Bears in a while? The original? No, it's been oh, a there's while. some in bombs in there. Really? There, oh, oh, oh! I remember it being problematic when I saw it back in the day. I was like, "Ouch! You can't be doing that." Tanner kind of stuff. is, you know, he's not woke. <laughs> but then on Saturday, Walter Matthau uh, playing just an all-out drunk. It's quite good. Uh, we've got T 
10 Things I Hate About You. Ooh, with Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Yeah, it's, I have not watched that in quite some time. But I saw I, it in the theater. Did you? I did. I can imagine. Was it just for Julia Stiles? No, it was just because, like, oh, I want to see something. And nothing's all, you know, okay, let's see what this is about. Like, who's this dude dancing up on the screen? And he's doing pretty good. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in yes, that, too. Is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. he is. Yeah. It's got it's got a number of those where mm-hmm. you're going to hear the Rick Dalton pointing to the screen. Happens all the time. Now, if you'd still like to support Screenland and have some fun virtually, that Saturday on the 26th, the same night of Etheria Film Night, we are going to be putting out our latest Shutter shout-out, and we're talking... Monsters and Masks, uh, what's our double feature that we're going to be viewing that night? We are showing the Italian House of Waxy goodness of Wax Mask, and then we're heading to Sao Paulo, and we're going to solve a little murder mystery with a slasher called Skull the Mask. I'm anxious because uh, Wax Mask is going to be first time viewings for mm-hmm. both of us, and we're coming back. Yeah. Skull the Mask, which is Skull quite awesome. Skull the Mask is fucking rad. So check those out. Those are streaming currently on Shudder. Um, a number of, if, if you're not already subscribed, there are still a number of codes that you can utilize. But if you would like some customized content, content in addition to that, that does include a pre-show, a little intro where Genius and I give a little context and information, trailer reel for each specific film, and of course, post-film discussion, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland, and by joining the Screenland film family, you get access to that and a whole lot more. Uh, a plethora of goodness. A, ooh, I like that. A plethora. Uh, well, if genius, if we're talking uh, film family and Patreon. A bellies. A, plet- a plethora of bellies. <laughs> it's a plethora of bellies. <laughs> we, of course, have our own little film family going on, and I'd like to give a real quick shout-out of uh, some of the film family members that were actually in attendance at Friday Night Frights. To the burbs. Yeah, to the burbs. Partially the burbs. We, we pulled into the cul-de-sac. I, we, and then and we then pulled out. We're like, ah, I don't know. No, technically we dumped some trash out. And then, and then we, we left, left out. Mm-hmm. No, we burned some stuff. Yeah, we did. Then we left. <laughs> it's, our, it's our rights. We can do that. Dick mm-hmm. Miller told me this. Uh, shout out to Jesse, Lauren, Stuart, and Jim. It was fantastic to see all of you out there. You're all which fucking was, rad. Which was wonderful. But they will soon have access to Genius. In fact, on Monday here, the next Monday... We talked about Werewolves Within. Mm-hmm. We are going to be actually offering and putting out our episode where we talk about our experiences with that. Yeah. So if you would like access to that and a whole lot more, feel free to head over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead where you can join our film family where we have a tier, everything from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. <sighs> and I can't believe, but Kaijun is coming to a close here, Genius. It went quick. For it, being as giant size as it was, <laughs> it went through the city really, really quick. Well, and that's what, unfortunately, it, it hits fast, mm-hmm. comes from out of nowhere, and then before you know it, Boom. it's gone. Yep. It's gone. But it should be noted that from the get-go, when you introduced the idea of Kaijun, I knew immediately what I would like for us to open with, and what I would like for us to close a with. A good bookend. And this was a great bookend. And that's the thing, because I knew philosophically, uh, just thematically, they were great bookends. They were great connect. There's connective tissue, of course, in between them. But obviously, we kicked everything off with the 1954 classic Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then, and what I love is we've gone all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, just in terms of countries and times and just kind of the timelessness of the kaiju. But I knew I wanted to close with a uh, more contemporary film that made a big splash back in 2016 when it was released and one that I knew was going to be a first-time viewing for you, but I knew we had to close with Shin Godzilla because of everything, like I said, just everything that it is from the OG to what it is because... It's really not your grandpa's Godzilla. No, no. There's uh, just all sorts of stuff to it. But I kind of like, before we get started, do you remember hearing about it? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's your, because this was a first time viewing for you. Yeah, it was on the internet circles around there. Like, oh, you got to see this new Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla. And I remember having a theatrical release here, and everybody's like, man, this movie is great. It's like, it's like a dark remake of the original Godzilla, and I'm like, oh well, okay. And I ne- and it just seemed to come 
and go. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those ones that was only there for like a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I missed it. And then when it finally came out, I was like, oh, I got to check it out. But then again, I never got to check it out. And I was like, well, he's not fighting anybody. And then also at the time, the other Godzilla verse mm-hmm. was coming out. And I was like, well, okay. This Godzilla seemed to be a remake of the original Godzilla because it was more like, you know, uh, Brian Cranston was the Shirogawa character. Like, Certainly. you know, like we got to study Smash. Then he became the Bambi character, right? And so I was a little bit burnt by that. Like, I don't want to see fucking Scarlet Witch and then, like, kick-ass yakety smack. I want to see Godzilla smashy-smashy. So I'm not saying I was burned by that Godzilla, because I still enjoy that movie. But at the same time, when another Godzilla that's supposed to be another spiritual successor to the original comes out, after I just saw that one, I'm like, I'll wait a little bit. Yeah. And then that little bit became too much, and now it's Kong versus Godzilla. And then here we are in Kaijun. And so when you said, I'm like, yes, one, it's my chance to see it. And two... I want to see how it relates to the original, especially after watching the OG very recently. And goddamn, thank you for this recommendation. This was a wonderful fucking movie. And let me uh, pay that thank you forward to one Terry Taylor, who was the one that recommended this to me back. I rented this, you know, back I think in 2017. And now Terry Taylor, for those of you that may not be familiar in the local area, maybe one of the kindest nicest people on the planet yeah check out his toy shop 1313 mockingbird lane even if you're not in the area yeah yeah, check it out you can go online and do some stuff there's some great stuff he is one of those when he loves something he loves it Mm -hmm. do you remember his adoration a fury road oh yeah (laughs) it was very much the same thing with shin godzilla because it was just like no this godzilla is terrifying it's not fun and it is more of a horror monster movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what I stayed with it. And the first time I watched it, I really dug it. But it took me getting to Kaijun in this month and this year to go back to the original, to go back and start watching some of all the other films from the various eras to the stuff that was influenced by the OG to just see how cool the kaiju is and just how the influence is. And to see how the relevance played in terms of the metaphor from the OG to what this one was doing, Mm -hmm. stylistically, again, thematically, and watching it now, just as we we just watched it. We just watched it. It's a revelation. And it took going back to seeing how much reverence I think this one has to the original, Uh just in terms of how it opens to Godzilla itself, to the the music, to the people, to the metaphors, the oh, themes. Oh man! The, because like when he fought giant other other giant monsters, he wasn't necessarily a metaphor. When he was no, for no. the kids, <laughs> he wasn't. He was for, he was just for the kids, right? And even when this is the new Godzilla's, he's not a metaphor anymore. No, it, he he's not. He's he's. I, don't, I hate to say he's an action figure because he's been an action figure for a while. Sure, but like when we saw Kong versus Godzilla, we went just there for Smashy Smashy. Who gives a fuck about the other people? And then all the and that's what I think they when they put a monster movie when they Americanized it for the first Godzilla remake. Well, mm-hmm. not the Matthew Broderick. Sure, the the Roland Emmerich version. Right, not the Roland Emmerich one, but the, the yeah the the new one, the yes. new new one, the the 2014 the, the version. current monster verse one. Sorry, one. And they try to make it like, oh, it's going to be more like the original, and he's going to be a metaphor for the casualties of war or whatever. And he wasn't. I mean, yeah. he he might have been, and that's maybe even a little bit of stretch. But the OG Godzilla, he was a metaphor right in the get go, and that's what this seems like. Do you the think bureaucracy were... of bullshit and oh. the whole like, um, what do we do? We've never seen anything like this. Holy shit! Wow. And the different styles and techniques of how the different aspects want to deal with it. Certainly. This was harkened back to the original. That And that's just it. Having seen that one so so recently, everything fits into place from the homages to the various little Easter eggs that you can throw in mm-hmm. there. It just fits so perfectly, but it plays so differently, but it still plays as a horror film. This as, is going back to its horror this, roots. Godzilla is not cute in this. He is no. not cuddly. Uh-uh. He is terrifying well technically maybe kind of cute and cuddly he is kind of cute and cuddly in a little bit in a weird way well at the beginning and i should say when we're looking at kind of the pedigree of this movie uh this is written and directed by 
Hideki Anno. I probably butchered the pronunciation, but he is the director of a number of anime, including Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. I, and he listen, I know Ty, a lot of the cats on who the hell this is for. I know all of them dig all that stuff, and I'm an old man at this point. Even though I know that was back in like the 80s and 90s, I'm just not as familiar with it. But I know not only does it have a fan base, it's got lore. It's got lore, and I know it's got this, a lot of lore. The stories are good, though. They're yeah. stylistic. They're they're cool. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's another generation's cool, basically. But when I heard that, it made a lot of sense, especially. When you look at some of the shot compositions, just the way it's laid out. You can see that it's an animator's eye. An animator has a definite eye for just the scope and the scale. Yep. And even the quick shots and just, it makes you feel more immersed in this movie. That's what I liked. You are right there, ground level, running with everybody, and it's terrifying. And from the get-go, from the get-go, when you open, I love how both films technically open with the lone boat. Yeah, and the I, act. well, even going back, how both opened up with what this stomp, stomp, and did stomp. I was I, like, oh, I just had a little. I'm like, okay, I see. Yep. All right, let's see if you're gonna, you're gonna, you're starting out bold. Well, that is a bold statement. Let's what, see if you can come up with the. the Anno goods. was a huge fan of Godzilla. That is someone that grew up with Godzilla, and it's always interesting when someone has such a love for a franchise mm-hmm. for. Again, uh, just something that is in the popular consciousness, the responsibility they have to feel with that. Yeah. Because you know you're going to upset someone. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do something right, you, this or that. But Because they're like, hey, <laughs> genius, we'll give you a million dollars to make a Critters movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> like, how am I going to make it no, right? There's going to be some caveats to right? come to play. But that I think that's the best sign when a hardcore... Godzilla fan like yourself because I haven't seen you smile so much within a month I of episodes. Cheesy. I know this like, has been a blast. But to kick off that way, it just immediately sets this. Listen, you're in good hands because the Toho the Toho the label various, came up, yes, and then like through the years, well, and then just boom, boom, and I was like, ah, and then the lone boat, and I was, is this found footage Godzilla? And it worked. Yes, it does. It worked because it just shows all the chaos. Mm-hmm. But also just kind of how there's some control in that and how quickly people are akin to just go try to go back to normal after right. something that crazy happens. There's Oh, it's just a volcano or it's just an underwater. You know, it's fine. Let's just go back to doing everything. There's a lot, and I mean a lot, going on in this film. And I also mean that literally in terms of the dialogue that's happening and the titles because we did watch – we watched the uh, – the subtitled version. We didn't watch the dubbed version. And it's hard to say that this film is funny, but... This there was some genuine laughs, though. But it, it was, like, the, not the kind of laughs that, like, ha, 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 ha. No, no. They're, they're, they're funny jokes. It's the kind of laugh, like, this is ridiculous or just, like, just the human nature. Well, you talked a little bit about the style and aesthetic, and this is an animator that did this. One of the things that when you said... Whose Godzilla is this? This is Wes Anderson's Godzilla. This is absolutely Wes Anderson's Godzilla with the way some of the shots are lined up, the symmetry of it, the color palette, the fact that Godzilla's kind of in the peripheries and everybody's this is a comedy of errors. Like mm-hmm. it's I know that it's meant to be a satire on the bureaucracy of everything. Certainly. But just the whole chain of command, like Godzilla's attacking. What do we do? Well, should do we have permission to fire? Let's ask. Do we have permission to fire? Ask them. Do we have permission to fire? Do we have permission to fire? And then the next person in the same yeah. room, sir, do we have permission to fire? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. And then it goes back down and down and down and down and down. Every single question. Even when he's talking, right? Just like, yep. And when the other, like, what do you think? Is that do, Should we go with the honor? That gave me such a giggle. It was almost to the line of like, so you're a monster. Where every time it happened, <laughs> I just giggled in this movie that horrific shit is happening. Mm-hmm. But it's funny like that. Just the the goofiness of just all the red tape. And they even call it out like, yeah, this is stupid. And you go from meeting room to, to meeting, meeting room, room to meeting room to meeting room. Like, okay, we need to have a meeting about con- organizing a committee to make sure we can have a board yeah. on what decision we can make. And it plays perfectly because it's also very terrifying to think 
that's is the you know that's what's controlling our fates at this mm-hmm. point is in terms of the populace and the legit that's yes. the legit chain of command. Yes. Oh my god. And it's also very realistic. In fact, when the initial like Godzilla attacks are happening, it is said that the film was trying to parallel the stuff that happened in uh, Fukushima uh, in terms of the nuclear meltdown mm-hmm. and then the uh, earthquake and tsunami, uh, all these events that happened in 2011. So we talked about just, you know, 44, the H-bomb drops, mm-hmm. 54, Godzilla's released, not a lot of time in between. We're talking at this point four years then in terms of a response to something that happened, you know, in Japan, and they were able to make an amazing Godzilla film based around it. And the shots of catastrophe oh. were amazing and devastating at the same time. It it, it almost looked like you, they were using real footage from actual disaster zones, and you're like, God damn. And that's, I think, what's really powerful with this is because they were able to pull from... That looked like tsunami footage. Mm-hmm. That looked like a natural disaster as they've gone through. Well, even when and what's happening, before you even see Godzilla, just the boats crashing mm-hmm. into each other was terrifying. Well, do you remember... Uh, did, you, did you see Spielberg's War of the Worlds? Mm-hmm. That initial attack is terrifying. Yeah, it is. And... He plays on 9-11 imagery, and that stuff is still fresh in the mind. So, again, utilizing that as a way of extrapolating, you know, the danger and the damage that comes from just Godzilla in its first form. Mm-hmm. Before even getting foot on land, we've when got he's bad just, stuff. Yeah, when he's just throwing the, the steam yeah. volcano, when they think he's just a volcano, volcano, and he's disrupting everything. And I'm like, oh. And the first thing, like, well, we just lost 20% of our profits for the day. Yes. You know, and it's just like, ah, come on. You know, there's people messed up, and it just gets worse from there. But this is one of those, it's a rare movie, it's a rare Godzilla movie where Godzilla's in it for maybe about 15 minutes. And this is about an, a two hour long film. And the rest of it's people yakety smackety. And guess what? I'm good with that. The way I'm it works. I'm engaged. Right? I'm just. I, I'm just engaged. There's no way I'm going to follow along with everybody's title. So I'm just. Oh. I mean, let's just roll with it and so, see what the the plan, the futility of man. This is the futility of man side. Well, let's talk about that then, because this film I think is meant to overwhelm you, both when Godzilla is on screen and when he's not, because the top portion of the screen, when whenever anyone is talking, it gives their name and their title. Mm-hmm. Anyone. And we've got a lot of people. There is a lot of characters in this movie. And then at the bottom, you have the dialogue. And I think when you go in the first time, you're making an effort to read it all. Mm-hmm. I knew going in this time I was only focusing on the dialogue. But when you do not read the top part, there's actually a running gag with our main hero. The person's kind of our voice of reason here. Um, that is, um, goodness gracious, it is... Um, uh, Yaguchi, yeah, because yeah, yeah, they named the plan after him. Mm-hmm. Is the f- more that his the more I- responsibilities, and the more that the the, the, branch, the branches um, turn into different departments, or the more like they conglomerate, he becomes. He starts off with just like it's just a, a re- secretary of energy, one and line, then, yeah, secretary of energy Yamuchi, and then like he became secretary of energy and defense, secretary of Godzilla, an unknown organism in the defense, and by the middle, his title takes up half the screen. It's hilarious. It's a very much blink and you miss it gag, but I do appreciate what they were going for with that. For again, the absurdity of it, but also the fact that it does show you how a natural disaster like that, how quickly it happens, the catastrophe, the aftermath, and trying to think about... Again, there's a death calculus involved. And then trying it, to do all the political red tape and doing all dealing with at, that and while Godzilla's still rampaging when yeah, nobody knows anything. Well, and it's what's wonderful with this and the fact that one of... I'm not going to say the divisive reasons why people have some issues with this because one of the things that we from the get-go when we were talking about this is trying to find that balance of the people and the monsters, the smashy-smashy and the talky-talky. Yeah. There's no balance. This is more people talky-talky than smashy-smashy, but it's so engaging. This, I think it's meant to be. This is like one of those zombie... This is a zombie movie Godzilla where Godzilla's just the, yeah. just the periphery. He's the cause. It's about the people inside. I'm glad you mentioned the zombie thing because what I'm always fascinated with either a zombie film or some sort of catastrophe film 
is the initial aspects of said catastrophe or disaster or zombie outbreak because there's still enough time where people will debate and they'll think they have the time to rationalize it and discuss it. And I love hearing that for some reason. I don't know what it is about that. We get the news reports or in this case, hearing people, what is this? This is a giant monster. Right. What do we do with this? And I do find that fascinating. So this for me was just pure sugar at this point. But I've heard people like, no, it just drives me nuts. I was like, do I have to go to another meeting and listen to them talk? And I'm like, good. I'm I'm engaged with this for some reason. Yeah, it was very engaging. And, and like I didn't think that I would be so engaged on this uh, on the well, geopolitical spectrum of Godzilla attacks, but yet I am. But I can see this movie is definitely not for people who go in just for smashy smashy yeah. or think Godzilla is just kind of fun and corny. Yeah, oh, and yeah. this is not for kids. This is almost kind of like akin to the OG Godzilla mm-hmm. where if I if honestly if I was 10 or 12 years old and I want a Godzilla movie and I put this one in, I'm going to be fast forwarding a lot. Yeah. Well, and that's what's funny is the fact that it really did start off as a film that not necessarily for kids, more for sophisticated teenage fare, potentially. But it's just, you know, Legendary put theirs out. It was very much a little bit smashy, smashy, some good stuff. But it was like Toho was basically like, hold my sake, you know. Yeah. Here is how we're going to make an adult. Hold my itchy bun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Now, if only Arnold would scream it out. Yosh! But it, it totally works that way. Um, the fact that we have the crisis, we went to the crisis room multiple times and multiple I, crisis rooms. I was kind of getting a Kubrickian like war room, like you know we can't have a crisis in the crisis room. But again, the level of absurdity within all these people gathering and talking, and it was beautiful shot, oh. and it was like gorgeously oh. shot. Even the people talking again. Oh. This was Wes Anderson's it's- Godzilla because again, you're dealing with the. Uh, with the stupidity of the bureaucracy and the whole, like, oh, what do we do? I don't know. What do mm-hmm. we do? But yet, it's not goofy. It's just those are the only couple of the sprinklings of levity. The rest is, like, there are serious casualties going on. We really have to figure out how to deal with this giant lizard. Yeah. But the thing that I, the thing that I liked the best, well, not the best, but kind of, like, it was almost brought one of the futilities of man and how arrogant we become in our ways that after he originally comes on land for a little bit and then goes into sea, the next day it's back to normal. That, the, the trains are running and yep. there a giant moray eel just sli- slithered his way up on land and everything's back to normal. So that is the other point of contention with a lot of people is... The googly-eyed first appearance in the first form of Godzilla. He was cute at first, and I was like, what the fuck is the... The Godzilla purist in me was like, what? But as the movie progressed, I saw where it was going. I saw that this was... He was just his first stage. Right. He was mutating. (laughs) And then I liked that aspect, that he could continue mutating. Well, it's kaiju puberty is a mamma-jamma. And from the fr- and honestly though that first form when it's he's literally just wiggling about trying to like get uh, coordinate it's like watching a baby deer mm-hmm. try to walk for the first time but then the terror and destruction the building collapse with the family inside very akin to that little mom with the kids you and know, the first one mm-hmm. to show you that yes yeah he's goofy I think they did that on purpose to contrast this googly eyed in fact there is. There's he, a term. It's called kamata kun. Kam, kamata kun. Kamata kun. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's built around like the googly eyes and everything. Yeah. Like there's a culture about that. So I think that was on purpose because then it's destroying and killing a lot of people. I agree with you on that. I think because he he looked very cute and very, but also very moray eel or baby turtleish. Mm-hmm. But because I think, like you said. And it's a well-known fact that the Japanese have a culture built on cuteness. Like, very everything's very kawaii, and everything's, like, adorable. Certainly. But when you have something like that, destroying literally everything, you know? I mean, it'd be different if it was a giant Hello Kitty, you know? But the fact that there was something that's kind of organic and yet adorable... Yep. Decimating a small town. Like, what is he doing? He's just walking through. He's just not even making any patterns. We can't predict him. I like that aspect. And it makes sense, you know, 
Because we always see Godzilla as an adult form. Oh, yeah. We never oh, see yeah. him like, transform from this, the awkward teen years. The closest thing we have to that is Binya or like Godzuki. You know, as he tries to roar, ah, ah. does he go through his awkward goth teenage stage? You know, Gothzilla. Gothzilla. Uh. <laughs> He's got his dorsal fins all to the side. He goes into a big, I'm really big in the Smiths. And like, <laughs> he doesn't actually have atomic breath, it's atomic vape. Yeah. He blows the rings. It's dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that, it, all joking aside, though, it is fairly terrifying, but it's one of those things that it's what it is. But then he just, they go back and, to normal. But, I, but that image where it tries to crawl up the building, it collapses it, and then it, again, it crawls away. Back to normal. And again, we get the people, the talking, and then we get the second form. But it's funny, like the whole like, well, you know what? Make sure you go on and don't say anything. Oh, oh. That, uh, we know we, it is not going to get on the land. We know it's not going to land. So don't say anything that, and don't say anything that we haven't confirmed yet. Verified. Because, so they get up on say, what is the first thing? You know what? That, don't worry. We got it contained. He's not going to come on the land. He's fine. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> So it plays, right? and I should say, <laughs> oh, the, the prime minister in this, I don't think there's really, there's no bad guys in this. And I know no. they're painting the government, the satire of the ridiculously of the bureaucracy, the red tape. The bad guy is the system. Is the system, yeah. Yeah. Because the PM from top down, the moment that he decided he didn't want them firing on Godzilla with one person, one single civilian in the way, that tells you about someone's humanity, about mm -hmm. their honor. And... It goes down the chain. Like, everyone, the intent was good. They wanted to figure out the way to solve the Godzilla problem. With least casualties involved. Yes. They were uh, caring officials. They're like, really holy was. shit. So they're destroying everything. They still wanted to not cause public panic. But at the same time, they're like, we got to really do something. Even when, at first, when they dismissed it, and like, oh, it's just a natural occurrence of, of underwater volcano. Right. But the minute it actually became a danger, mm -hmm. they were on top of their shit as best as the as the government with their hands tied. Well, and that's the other thing that's great as well, is it definitely shows the absurdity of the old guard, that they are willing at this point, even if they realize the red tape is not working, we should probably maybe hasten things along here potentially. Mm -hmm. They don't want to because of the system and the way it's worked. And then ultimately, you've got uh, Yagamuchi basically gathering a cadre of fellow nerds, ne'er-do-wells, like people that are rifling against this, the system. Uh -huh. That is the bad guy in this movie. He always And he even says you guys are the outliers. Yep. You guys are the ones that are always coming out and like mucking up shit. Well, you know what? You realize that sometimes a system is not designed for everything. Especially with unprecedented things like this. And be it a giant monster or nature itself, which we have no control over, mm -hmm. regardless of what we think we do, you know, there's no, and as they say, there's no precedent for this. We have nothing to fall back to to refer to. You have to make it up as you go along. I think there's a reason that there was actually a little jazz music in there. You know, it's all about improvisation. The music was great. Oh, okay. The music was fantastic so, in this movie. Of all the things that... When there was music. A lot of silence. Which made it eerier and more terrifying. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But when the music kicked in, and if you're a fan of the old school themes, and I've gotten to the point now where I'm not going to lie, when that classic theme kicked in, man, I got teary-eyed. This month has not only like rejuvenated you, but it's rejuvenated me as well. Just everything awesome about Godzilla, and it's various incarnations and the second time we see him he is more of your traditional in fact he mutates in front of them which, which is so is very rad. cool to see him mutate and they go he just mutated like he just evolved in front of us and it's great because then you got the faction immediately one of them is like we're exterminating quickly and the other one's like we need to capture it alive so we, we need can to study, study it. it and that's again a theme that we found in the very first film mm -hmm. interestingly also the two cuts that you have of Godzilla and then Godzilla King of the Monsters, there were two versions of this that we were looking at. And there were two versions. And of, well, there I'm, was the U.S. version, and then there was the original Japanese version. We watched the original Japanese version, and I'm curious now, I want to kind of watch the U.S. version, because they were, 
I'm not saying they were critical of the U.S. in this film. We were kind of the the third bad guy. We were the third Batman villain. You know, the United States was kind of like the bane in Batman Forever, just on the periphery. But it will turn around and be a hero, though, real quick for the right price. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the fact that we're the ones that actually named it, technically, and the fact that also that when we've got some downtime in between the Godzilla attacks, not only are we talking about what do we do, how do we solve this, all still the political machinations that are going right. on. First we have the first we have the bureaucracy of like the different departments within the Japanese government. Now we have the more bureaucracy of now this is becoming a global threat. Yep. And who are our allies? What can we do and who can we stop this cuz our first attempt is fucking nil. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it, again, it's packing a lot into Abstantially, just like the original, and why the original, it's just a monster. There's movie. a lot of there's but, a lot of metaphors in this. This is like again the geopolitical withstanding. Like hey, seriously, dealing in real life situations, we're dealing with the tightrope act of like almost on the threat of nuclear war at almost at all times. It's almost yeah. it's Cold Warian, you know. Just especially with the last uh, presidency we had, mm-hmm. there was the doomsday clock. Ticked a couple of ticks. Well, it's interesting. This film did come out in 2016, which was right when we did have the shift in power. Mm-hmm. So it can say a lot of U.S. perspective, perceived past, present, future, and kind of our station in the global economy and just how everything plays. But how, what happens when there is a true global threat? The fact that they said, oh, by the way, this creature, this Godzilla, he he's can, not done mutating. He's going to sprout wings to do. He said they said like trans international flight. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to have a movie on board. <laughs> you know, like that's a he's long. He's going to go into space. No, that was one of the most terrifying aspects of it. The fact that like he because he could go anywhere and he was unstoppable. He was this enormous force of just destruction. Mm-hmm. And if he wanted to, he could go to New York. He could go to France. He could destroy the world in like a matter of weeks. And nobody would be able to stop it because he was just that powerful. Well, and also the best thing is Godzilla is. Yeah. It, it just is. It has no agenda. It is. Again, you talked about the folly of man. This is what happens. This is the hubris. We later find out it's been feasting on all the nuclear energy. You know, all these, again, it's just classic Godzilla stuff. And it he just works. keeps mutating and mutating. And, the th- and he's terrifying again. He's not goofy. He is, and he's not fighting other monsters. He's not like no, no, the no, no. The googly no. eyes are gone. Oh. Some of the shots <clears throat> when you're at the the street level and you're just the, looking up the tail. That shot of the tail. Mm-hmm. <gasps> the, or, or when it looks like you're in the car and you're just driving, and it, it's about a three minute shot, and you're just looking up and, at the massive scale of Godzilla. And Godzilla just again existing, and maybe a, a U.S. version, it would look down at the car. This one doesn't. This one looks up. It's just moving forward with its little arms, which, again, just add to it. Those arms are useless, and that's fine. The tail is practically another character mm-hmm. in this version. Because it's constantly moving. It's very serpentine. Oh, my God. And even when you're not up close and personal with Godzilla, the panning shots of just like him in, in the, the background, background oh. just fucking shit up. Well, or like the fact that he's probably about 300 miles away from downtown Tokyo, and he's just... Eye level with the skyscrapers. Well, it's funny, is it always kind of reminded me of when people would do like bad photoshopping with someone at somewhere else. So you would have like Godzilla at, you know, the Eiffel Tower. Right. Or like Godzilla, Godzilla behind Mark and, and Tommy on the top of the rooftop. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, Godzilla. <laughs> it totally, it, it, it I has. I did not that destroy f- Tokyo. I did not. <laughs> it has that feel to it, but, but it adds to the terror because it's coming. Yeah. It's inevitable. It's right there in your face. Oh, and it culminates. I think you kind of get like a high level of Godzilla with the Tokyo attack mm-hmm. once he makes landfall again. And they're like, dude, he has doubled his size. And he's, ter- he's more terrifying. Well, let's talk about it. Because and that- then you think, okay, cool. He's big. He's scary. He's fucking shit up. He's definitely a lot bigger and a lot meaner. He's got more teeth than he normally does. But where's the atomic breath? Oh boy. boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. So as a as a as someone that's a fan, for what did you like the design of this stage of Godzilla? I love that stage of I love this whole Godzilla thing. I like the evolution from the adorable baby Godzilla, the hatchling, 
to like mutating before your eyes mm-hmm. where you could see like oh okay now you can see the 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 form of the actual OG when he comes down he's got that red and it looks like he's pulsating the whole time i he made him more scarier mm-hmm. i don't know why he looked like a flame godzilla and then when the fire came out first it, it was fire did you know did you notice though he had like an interesting his jaw. mouth opened up yeah. kind of Gilmore del Toro or yes, or, or yes. um psycho godzilla man right Feasting. Well, there's two points. There's two. It was like a two part. Pro- interesting. Also, so there's a two part process to the thing. Didn't immediately breathe the atomic breath. It was like this, like napalm, like you said. It was yeah. like this gelat- like thing. This this gob just kind of came out, like and Did just burned everything. The, the eyes. His eyes glazed over. over. Yeah, like to protect almost. I liked that aspect too. Just like, but then you see all that stuff flooding the streets, stuff going everywhere. Fire, just and the then, massive fire. And then you're like, okay, that fire is cool because it looked like an old, not like a flamethrower, but more like of a napalm yep. fire. Yep. And you're like, wow, a cool. sapper's fire. Like, that's dope. And then his oh. tail gets a little bit more bigger, 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 purple, 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 purple. And then, boom, this laser comes out of his mouth and just cuts a swath in and the city. The sound and design is incredible. It's silent and then, wow. It's. It's, it's it's cool, wonderful, it's, and it's a total new thing. Now, as I'm not going to say you're a purist, but you've you've seen a lot of them. Were you good with this? I was great with that fire. I was great with that atomic breath, right? Because his atomic breath has always changed mm-hmm. and always done something different. Because even in the OG, it wasn't necessarily. It was more like radiation breath, right? Because it melted things on contact. But this one was great. Now, I was not expecting the laser. Coming out of the dorsal fins or That's the tail, totally brand new. That totally was brand, brand new, new, but it makes sense, and I dug it. It's and it's great. Is it's it's Godzilla basically adapting? Shit's coming at me from above. So okay. let me I'm just use my thing and, and fire away. It's so good. And he's evolving before their eyes, before their attack. He's a brilliant Godzilla. He's a great tactician at mm-hmm. this point. But then the also the kind of cool thing is the fact that they talk about like. The physiology, the metabolism. How is this thing moving? Where is it getting its energy from? And then after that attack on Tokyo, with the laser and everything, he spent. And he stops. And they've got a, a period of time a now. good window. They're like, okay, his, his core temperature has gone really low, but now it's getting oh, higher. But so we have about maybe three days? Or no, we have about four weeks before he gets a full power again? But then there's that shot, though, from above, where you see the swath of violence from the that like the line of destruction to where then the breath hit. I it mean, was it's, glorious. Oh my god! It and again, was glorious. And what was funny was when it was happening, you were giggling at certain points because it's cool representation of the. But then it also it's also terrifying. Then it was scary as shit because then they showed like when he blew that fire, just the amount of damage oh, of Tokyo immediate. just and it looks so realistic and yeah. it was so graphic and again it was it was definitely an animator's eye yeah. because yeah. the attention to detail on it and you're like wow well you know some of the shit that scared me even more was the gridlock oh my god when the lights went out uh, boom 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 boom, oh. boom throughout this city and yeah. then oh godzilla's god. like Grah! we got a classic we got multiple classic roars which was wonderful the music that was playing during the initial Tokyo attack was ominous mm-hmm. and terrifying and just added that. It was scary. It this really... was a very scary and terrifying because you're right there in the middle of the chaos. Mm-hmm. And then again, when you're evacuating, you're in the middle of the chaos, the gridlock, you're right fucking there. It, and when and when the chaos happens and you're in the gridlock, you're not moving. You're dead. And Meanwhile, bomb, 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 bomb. And it's... He's doing his thing, Godzilla. And that's what, again, Godzilla is doing it. Now, of course, the U.S., we find out. But there was all the whole contingency, like, don't mess with Godzilla. He's actually a god. When they had protests in the street, pro-Godzilla protests. Of of course there are. There's always going to be another perspective, Mm -hmm. another side, a reverence for this amazing thing that our first inclination is to kill. And I know the U.S., their whole thing was to exploit it as an energy, energy source, so everyone has an agenda, and it's to exploit this thing versus what if this is sent to be reverenced? And listen, out of destruction can come life. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's that constant cycle. And I think it, someone even mentioned, what if this is something from God? It's almost like in Dawn of the Dead, when there's no, no more, more room in hell, the dead will, the Godzilla will walk the earth. Right? And there's something to be said about that, about finding that balance. And I really, really, I really like that. This film won Best Picture in Japan during their, like, version of the Academy Awards. It's super fucking great. The actors, <laughs> the actors in it are acting Wonderfully. We're talking about this scene of chaos, but there's only maybe about three Godzilla attack scenes Big in the scenes, entire yeah. movie. The rest of it is people yaggedy smackety. And again, you're engaged and you're enthralled because you're trying to figure out what would, what would be you- the co- best co- course of action. What would you do in this scenario? And how would you handle all of a sudden half of the cabinet is gone? Now you're the acting prime minister. And that guy's like, these noodles are soggy. Oh, oh that- this is going to okay. be a tough job. That. <laughs> that- that got a good laugh out of me. Were, were you surprised by the resolution in the end? Because, you know, it, it's... No, I, well, I wasn't because they said, God, America's going to make it worse because they like, look at the bad, look at what they're going to do. First, the America wanted to bomb everything, and then like, okay, first, the bombs that they're going to drop, yeah, it helped a little bit, but it's going to make the devastation worse than Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And that was the first attack. And then when it was heartbreaking when they wanted to drop the thermonuclear weapon on Godzilla and everybody was like, oh my God, I'm not going to yeah, see it for a third time in my lifetime. And the prime minister was like, I don't know what else to do. Well, and the fact that, that was heartbreaking and to it me. was a UN sanctioned move. So all of a sudden they're like, everyone is in agreement that they're like, this... yeah, we'll, we'll help you out that you can do it. But, you right. know, this but is no, you have to sign off on us basically annihilating your country. And there was a thing also said, like, listen, if this thing was in New York, they said it would be they would be doing the same thing. Is that true or not? I'm not sure. Is it easy to scapegoat them? Absolutely. So, yeah, again, they're still. Quote, there's bad pun and fallout yeah. from the original thing, you know, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And then the fact, again, that Godzilla and that swath, even when he was a baby, was, oh, still, was still so radioactive. Okay, there was a moment then when that when that guy realizes at his computer what's happening, and he goes, yeah, and he starts freaking out and running around. Yeah. Another kind of Wes Anderson moment. It was totally. But it's that moment of like, yeah. We just found out something, and it's bad. Like, it's really... There are multiple moments where you get those point-of-view shots, like you said, RoboCop shots, everyone in front of the computer and the monitor. That was cool. That moment when they realized they had to think kind of outside the box with the guy that, do as you wish, or do what you will, with his diagram, and that was like... And the fact that they learned about it in the first uh, at the first island? Yes. O- o- the o- OG... O- Osaka? Yeah, oh, no, o- Odo? Anyway... Our, our OG Godzilla fans are at us right now. But no, again, a callback to the original. It all worked so well. But they having to do with origami and then like, okay, let's look at it this way. It's and great. Like, it's, it's again, and it's everyone, there's that line about how we all need to be communicating and it's just the importance of communication. Yeah, he said, I even said, uh, he said spreading knowledge works. Yes. And they go, you can make that as a COVID oh. allegory now. Oh. Godzilla is just causing destruction in the path. Not giving a fuck, and we all have to work together as a global community. Break down barriers so that communication can occur, and this is something you see throughout science fiction and genre, and that it has to be some global threat to unite mankind, Mm -hmm. and Godzilla is just that. And then it's also everybody has their own interests, like... The, the deal with France. With France, yeah. It was like, okay, well, we'll give you some biotech if you help us out with this. And like, okay. Again, all the agendas that are still going on, even in the even in the downfall of mankind, we're still figuring out, we're still looking. Is that the hubris of man to just assume we can get beyond Godzilla? Well, nature that, will one-up it. Yeah, as, as always. There, again, there's something to be said for that. And then even with the, the uh, resolve that we get, that it's a coagulant. I thought it was brilliant. It's I what, thought it was. I thought it was brilliant. I was like, okay, yeah, cool the coils down till if, if he's if he's basically a giant bomb, a nuclear bomb ready to go off. You just cause fission and just cool it down, cool the call. They have the plan, but we have the power. And I there <laughs> there there's the one. And I love the fact that when tanks and planes won't work, cranes and trains will. It's awesome. And let's just say also... I was hoping when all the cranes were coming and the trains... when I was like, oh, please let them transform. That's the only thing this movie is missing is a giant mech. Had they uh, brought out a mech or a a, a Yeager. A transformer. Yeah, that would have been crazy. (laughs) 
No, it's just that it's that nice moment when you realize that science ideally, well, also the build up to the plan that they're using train bombs. Mm-hmm. That was running slick. the trains. That into was him. fucking slick. But the fact that they're under a timeline, because if we don't, and they oh, had yeah. to rally together as a country, yep. like they, they were a true underdog. They're like if we don't get this together, they're gonna bomb us again, and we can't have that. So everybody's like, "Yeah, let's do it. We don't want to be bombed again." <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible, sad rallying cry. It is very relevant and uplifting. And every all the time I'm watching this film, I'm like, Roland Emmerich probably watched this and was like, "How can I not do this?" To me, this is what he was trying to do with. Independence Day with Godzilla with 24 hours later whatever you know all those disaster films that he puts together I think they they nailed with this one well I think Roland Emmerich is all about like let's show the monsters and the spectacles and then let's make boom 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 I think this one is different from that because they went into let's show the futility of man let's show how let's focus on the, the the bureaucracy and how we would really deal with a realistic Godzilla. And I think this nailed it because I could see all the weighted options and I could yeah. see the decisions that had to be made and I could see the terror. This was a very realistic Godzilla depiction of what would happen if a kaiju really did. Because I don't think we'd be ready with Jaegers, you know? I don't think... <laughs> Sorry, Pacific Rim, you rule, but... Right, and I don't think we would... And I am sure we would do the the American way and go out trying to shoot him. Yeah. And when that all else fails, drop a bomb. And then what else are we going to do when that fails? Yeah. I like the way that they're like, hey, we can come up with something else. We have some technology yeah. and some idea of at least a plan. I thought it was cool. It worked, it worked. And then the fact that the idea is, at this point, you kind of have to cohabitate with Godzilla at this point. Again, another reminder that he's in your face. Not only yeah. you have the destruction, but you have this like thousand foot frozen <laughs> monolith ready the minute that he wakes up is going to fuck you up again if he hopefully he doesn't wake up. And the fact that it that plays like a volcano, like mm-hmm. at the very beginning, this ominous thing that at any moment could erupt again. And like they said, they were like, the minute he starts walking, they're gonna bomb us again. So I and this what begs the question, because you mentioned that they had talked about maybe expanding this into another series or a sequel, but they decided to stop it at just this. I, I kind of like that idea because I, do too. I think the earnestness of this film and how I really think it works, I think you don't necessarily betray the spirit of the movie if you expand it into something a little bit more goofy. Well, you, we, see what, we saw what happens. Yeah. We saw the original and what it morphed into. I think if you leave it like that, as much as I would like to see where else this would go, I don't know where it could go. Mm-hmm. You know, then it would become less about the bureaucracy and the goofiness. Not that it's goofy, just the the whole bullshit aspect of the bureaucracy yeah. and having to do the red tape and jump through it, which was engaging in itself. We would lose it because they already know of Godzilla. It was the mystery of it, like surprise. Ah. Well, the best part now is we have precedent. Yeah. We have, hopefully, this new blood, ideally, that is going to break down the older social structure so things can move more efficiently and a a better democracy can come about it. Again, there's a lot going on in this movie, but... I just, I just, I just dug it. I dug it. I dug it. Uh, Final thoughts? Other notes there? I dug it a lot. I really, like I said, it's kind of, I would like to see where this would have gone if it would have gone in different territories because the Godzilla was great. I would love to see him sprout wings and just fuck up other countries. I would love to just see all the demolish because he was just all about, I'm going to fuck shit up. He was almost (laughs) like in the original Godzilla when he was going, fuck this, fuck your bridge, fuck your clock. He was almost that same way. He was just looking for things to destroy, and he was having a ball doing it. So I would like to see where it goes. And Plus, the whole weird mythology that it leaves it on. The fact that it's not necessarily like Godzilla will return, but the fact that it could have got worse. Let's talk about that final shot of the film because it has no music. It's the final shot of Frozen Godzilla, but we go up to the tail, mm-hmm. which we talked about is very much a character, and you get some of the specific design at the very end of the tail, and the design itself is nightmare fuel. What did you think you saw, genius? It looked like it was either baby Godzilla or human Godzilla hybrids because it looked like there was skeletons of Godzillas. They looked like human skeletons with the Godzilla dorsal fins uh-huh. and they were just kind of all like coming out of the tail. And so I didn't know if those could have been like people who may have got stuck in the tail and like 
started adding to the mutation, or maybe they were offspring of it, like all of the brood. I'm gonna go more on the fusion side because that just hit me when I was like, oh, I think the way, especially the agony that all the things look like, it looks like maybe just the tail sweeping by brought you in or absorbed it. Or like I think I've talked about it before. I mean, Godzilla is a walking tumor. It is something that is unnatural. So everything, if there's anything anthropomorphic about it, you know, maybe that adds to the, a little bit more to the terror. I don't know. I it messed with me, and I remember mm-hmm. seeing the image online before I saw the movie. I'm like, what? Is that that's the tale that what is what is this Godzilla? And that's just it. It can be many things to many people, depending on the baggage you bring. But it goes to show from 1954 to 1933 to 1920s, from the dawn of time, we love giant monsters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we still will. Again, it goes back to our first talk about the year OG. It fills that primordial need to smashy, smashy, or lord above everything and just destroy it all. Well, let, to say we had a good time in Kaijun is a, a small statement there. Mm-hmm. Definitely doing this next year. So if you have some favorites you maybe want to hear us talk about, let us know. Now, that being said, here in the month of July, because the, the heat's kicking in, uh-huh. we thought we would slash through that heat in a variety of ways where we're going to be going to camp. We're going to the backwoods, but we're slashing through all that in the month of July. Yep, summer slashers. We've got some good stuff coming up. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun.